Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. For three weeks, two or three weeks, probably two weeks ago, this would be the third, Pastor Rhea, when you first sang the song again, and it was just this fresh instance about that wait song. As a matter of fact, it's the one from last week. It's newer to me. I don't know the title. We sang it last week. If you know the key and the title, then just sort of get ready with that. Um, now, I, I can't shake that because once again this morning, and I want to say this to you. Let, let me say Isaiah chapter 40. We looked at last week, Gabe. Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to start at verse 27. I want to say two things to you and get our mind ready. I have felt since the first week of December a Holy Spirit prompting to go back. When I say go back, for many here it won't be going back. You will have never heard it before. For me it's going back because in 1996 seven and, or 96 and 97 is when, that, before I ever, we ever came here, I had dug into this concept of Jubilee because that was the 50-year the mark if you will, uh, 97, 98 was the 50 year, which is the year of Jubilee was 50 years, was the 50 year mark from allegedly the birthing of Israel. And so there was a big emphasis on celebrating a Jubilee and what that meant. And lots of groups were going to Israel. I ended up going to Israel and singing a song, Jubilee, uh, at the Feast of Tabernacles that was, was just celebrated as an act of worship by Christian worshipers. Um, and it was a and an amazing, an amazing moment. But for me, and, and a few times since then, I've come to talk about it because I believe the concept of Jubilee in the Old Testament conveys to us one of the most beautiful pictures of the cross of Christ in the New Testament. I mean, it really, it, if you don't study that, you sort of don't get that. And by the way, if you're new in faith and you just want to hang out in all the red words, that's great. But you need the words that came before to understand the framework of that. Yeah. And oh my goodness, does it blow up that story? Um, so, so, don't, so just don't, don't leave out the Old Testament, okay? It was the Bible that Jesus taught. Turn somebody and tell them that. Say, so you need to read the Bible that Jesus taught. Go ahead and tell them. All right. Now, so as we come to this day... Uh, and I'm once again prepared to launch into Jubilee. I get this weight. And see, that's the key phrase. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. It describes the sensation of what many of us have in getting stuff, if you will. I talked about this for the last two weeks. Why do you say this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel? So when you hear, uh, when you hear these words, why do you say it's God inquiring sort of of the, the consciousness of Israel. Look, look at me. When I say the consciousness of Israel, when it says, why do you say uh, my ways are hidden from the Lord, he doesn't call a name. He doesn't put a name in there. He's speaking of the overall and general disposition of a people group, a collective consciousness. Oh, crud. It's not going to happen. We've hit the wall. We're stuck. We're not going forward. But he says, why do you say, oh, Israel? That's a, that's a nation he's speaking to. My way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. 
Keep going, please, if you would. Next verse, how, do you not know, have you not heard the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired? Yes. His understanding is inscrutable. How many are thankful that God doesn't wear out? Hallelujah. How many yes. are thankful you can call on him? There's not too many prayer requests, too many questions, too many petitions, too many anything. Yes. I've had people say that when I said, well, you know, have you asked God for that? Well, you know, I, 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 I've actually had him say this to me. Well, you know, I, I don't want to ask for too much. Yeah, that's, that's a good thought. Because I'm sure you can place too much of a demand on God. <laughs> See, and that's why I talk so much about holy. Holy is the never-ending, infinite yes. resource of this divine being we call God. He, you can't wear him out. Woo. You can't use him up. You can't exhaust him. Okay? So he says, the scripture here, do not, uh, uh, do not, the God does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. Let's go ahead. He gives strength to the weary. Hallelujah. And to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though your youths grow weary and tired and your vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait on the Lord, everybody say wait, will gain new strength and they will mount up with wings as eagles and they will run and not get weary. They will walk and not faint or become weary, uh, tired. I love that. Here's an important thing you need to memorize right on your phone or whatever. Is that an act of worship converts a sense of being stuck into an understanding of weight. And I want to say this to you. These people, God, do you not even see what's happening? We're stuck. Please hear these words, and, and it's really right in our face, but anytime you have a feeling of being stuck, that will always point to your past, because it's what has happened that, and again, this is no, oh, dude, that is like massive revelation. It's not. It's just a stop and think. Watch. If I'm stuck, my future didn't make me stuck. My past did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What has happened made me stuck. Now... Maybe what's going to happen tomorrow will add to that, but God says there, there's a way that you can begin to alter this. Yeah. And that is you, can, you begin to, to wrap yourself into God's presence, wrap yourself into him in yes. worship. That's yes. what that word wait, yes. wrap yourself into. We talked about it last week. Jesus. Wait on the Lord, okay? And all of a sudden, my sense of being stuck becomes this new posture of weight. Why is weight important? Because weight has to do with where I'm going. You, your stuck will never turn to a weight until your focus on your past is shifted to the promise of the future. Yeah. Until, watch, until my focus on the past that got me here, I'm stuck. That marriage, that job, that stuff, that past marriage, past job, whatever. The thing that has happened. God says, let me give you a key here. Those that wait on the Lord. Okay, so number one, here's your indicating. That worship, worship transforms stuck into weight and weakness into strength. Before what you're waiting for even happens. He didn't say, I'm going to give you strength after it happens. He says, I'm going to give you strength now yes. in preparation yes. for it to happen. Yes. Now, this is important. This is a huge and important thing. Let me give you another snapshot. In um, Isaiah 62, verses 1 and 5, I think, verses 1 and 5, 
Isaiah 62, verse 1, it said, it says this, that I will, I have, uh, my soul will wait in silence, O God, you alone are my rock. My soul will wait. That word wait is the same root term that is the word wait back in Isaiah, or actually I'd say forward in the Bible, in Isaiah in chapter 40, those who wait on the Lord. He says, my soul will wait in silence. Why? You have the psalmist that says, I'm stuck, and I don't know how to get out of stuck, but watch what he says. My soul will wait in silence as I wrap myself into God. This is the same word translated hope. It's also a derivative of this one. Watch. Uh, that says, I, I, have a, um, I know the plans I have for you, a hope and a future. Those words were spoken in the middle of being stuck, yeah. and God says it's yeah. the, that word hope is the same root term as wait. Same one. He says, but I have a, I've given you a hope and a future. You're not stuck. You're waiting. 70 years, and and in this passage, you'll have to go look at it, but the the prophets are sort of arguing. And and very often this verse is quoted out of the context of, of, of actually where it is as the prophet speaks to it. But he says, it will be 70 years, but you're not stuck. You're waiting. Really? I'm, I'm not stuck. I'm waiting. No, get God's perspective on it. In I, back to Psalm chapter 62, same, okay, verse 5. Then he flips it around. Verse 1 is a testimony where he says, my soul will wait in silence. But in verse 5, I'm pretty sure it's verse 5, Isaiah 62. I don't know if our computer's hung up again or what. But listen, it says, soul, wait in silence. So can I get you, watch, number one. Worship transforms stuck into weight and weakness into strength. Worship transforms stuck into weight and weakness into strength. Would you say that with me? Worship Worship transforms stuck into weight and weakness into strength. One more time. Worship transforms stuck into weight and weakness into strength. We're going to say it again. Worship transforms stuck into weight and weakness into strength. You know, you don't want to worship when you're, when you're exhausted and weary. Last thing you want to do. But God says, come. Don't hang. In another place in the Psalms, he says, don't hang your harps up. Yeah. Don't stop your song. Yeah. I don't care who's taunting yeah. you. I don't care who's doing what. Don't stop your song. Yes, now, yes. second principle. Watch. When you discover you're stuck and your worship turns it to weight, here it comes. Waiting is the opportunity for me to speak to my soul. Everyone look at me. Everyone look at me. That first principle I've said before, this one I never have, and we need to get this. That when you feel like you're stuck and you begin to wrap yourself in with God, you see, when you're stuck, Drew, you can't speak to your soul because your focus is on the problem is my past, my problem's out there, and God's just trying to get us. If I can get your heart right, your stuck will turn into weight. Weight turns into anticipation because stuck is about my past and weight is about my future. But beloved, watch this. If I can get from stuck to weight, weight is the opportunity where God says, now, I've spoken to you, now you speak. What do you mean? Look at verse 5. Somebody look at, I'm pretty sure it's verse 5. Is it, Jamie? uh, Thank you. In Psalm 62, it says, my soul, wait in silence. Everybody look at me. Verse 1, he's telling us a story and a testimony. Verse 5, he's exhibiting it for us. 
He turns, if you will, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix metaphors. In the New Testament, the Word of God is referred to as a mirror. I love that. He stands before the mirror of the Word of God, and now stuck has turned into wait by reason of worship. And wait turns into an anticipation of the future, and not only an anticipation of the future, but it's a chance for me to stare into the mirror watch of the Word of God. That's James. Second Corinthians says the mirror is the glory of God working in me. To stand in front of that mirror, to look at my soul and say, you've lived in the grip of stuck long enough. Now you're going to quit talking. You're going to quit allowing your stuck circumstances to dictate your future, and you're going to wait on the Lord. My soul, see, it says, my soul, wait in silence. Beloved, there are moments, we, I could leap over to the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. There are moments when you have to depend on your prayer, not anybody else's. There are moments when the words from your mouth will strengthen you from your own mouth. It is a major growth and maturity when you realize, I don't care where I am. I don't need 50 or 5,000. I can be on the Isle of Patmos. I can speak the Word of God. I can sing the Word of God. I can declare the Word of God. And I can stand in front of the mirror of my own emotions and say, you've dominated me long enough. Now by the Spirit, my soul is not stuck. It is waiting. It will wait in silence. I'm tired of hearing me talk. Lord, I'm turning it off. Speak to me. That's it. We come to this new year. (laughs) I got sick with the third bout of COVID over Christmas. I was not happy about that. I told God about that. I said, God, why would you give me all these big plans and clearly not prevent this sickness? You didn't talk about that half of it. I have a sickness. I got to be on quarantine, feel horribly the residual fatigue. I've just, I bathed in that for a while, Drew, till I was firmly stuck. Guess we won't launch the new year. No jubilee. No big 21 days of this or whatever of that or times of prayer. And, oh, because I thought, well, I'll just get so and so to do it. Nope, they're sick too. Got a quarantine. What's going on up there? Are you even watching? Anybody ever been? Don't raise your hand. See, I may be preaching just to a real minority that you come to 2022 and say, I am so ready to leave behind the last two years, my brother. And all of a sudden, you're ready to release it. Yeah. And it begins to speak to you. And all of a sudden, stuck begins finding you. Nope. Not for us. When we worship, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. And that's the only words I know. I've tasted your goodness. I trust in your promise. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on I'm going to wait on you. Hallelujah. I've tasted your goodness. I'll trust in your promise. I'm going to wait on you. Now, 
promise you what's going to happen when we say amen today, this will be one of the shortest worship services we have, and you guys are going to go home and say, revival has come to New Hope. It's coming. Revival is coming. <laughs> Pastor Tom was able to actually say something in 25 minutes. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. We got to do this today. Your hands empty. You're going to come back to your seat. You need your hands empty. We got hand sanitizer there. Go ahead and do this first. Stand to your feet with me. The Lord, the Holy Spirit, brought this to my mind. I know it was him early this morning. And funny thing is, we used to do this very thing when I planted the church every Sunday for 20 years, some form of this. You're going to make your way back to your seat, and we're going to sing a closing worship song and declare this. But I want you to take the next five or seven minutes. The song's going to play, music in the background. I want you to move from where you are. By the way, when, I wish I had time more to talk about the power of our hand and laying on hands. Um, let's see. Come here, Drew. I've called you three times. Step into the camera here so they can see you. Okay, right here in the front. Thank you, son. Uh, when you go, I'm going to come see Drew. Drew, I've come to greet you in the name of Jesus, and because I'm Pentecostal, you know. <laughs> do you understand that? See, I, I used to, we used to do it annual, and I haven't in a couple of years, and I apologize to Frontline's team too. Matter of fact, I apologized a couple of months ago, and we still haven't do it. But I would get together with the Frontline and all of the guest services people, the people who would meet me, buddy, and I would pray over their hands. Because I said, the hand that simply reaches and touches like this, is the same hand God's called us to lay on each other, and you don't have to put it there for there be to a transmission to here. You may not have seen it if you couldn't see him. You don't have to put your hand here for the Spirit to transmit here. So I, I pray for them. Father, as they reach out and they look into the face of that one coming through the door, welcome. Welcome to New Hope. It's so good to have you here today. We pray that you find a place of hope. I'm praying that what we do is laying on hands, suddenly transformed by that same hand of grace extended, that something is transmitted. So I'm praying that same thing. So as you go around and you grab somebody by the hand, and again, if they say that, give them some space, all right? You don't know that they don't have a real weakness in their body for, for this virus or whatever. So just, just chill and give them some space. But I want you to look them in the face with some, with some variant of this phrase. And I don't have anything to still. Let's see what we can do with this. Um, I want you to go, after you take their hand, look them in the face and say, I declare that you are waiting, not stuck. I declare that you're waiting, not stuck. That's the first yeah. part. And the second one is look them right to the in the face and say, speak to your soul. Speak to your soul. Watch. Waiting is the opera. Ooh, goodness gracious. This is about to be good, Mason. You want to do a meme. Faith, waiting is the opportunity for my faith to speak louder than my soul. Waiting is the opportunity for my faith to speak louder than my heart. Come on. Waiting is the opportunity. Waiting is the opportunity to wrap myself into God and for my faith to speak louder than my soul or my emotion. Do you notice what he says? My soul, soul, emotions. That's what that word is. Wait in silence. Whoo! Okay, now, so you're going to do these two things. 
You are waiting, not stuck. And it's time for your faith to speak louder than your feelings. You're waiting, not stuck. That's number one. Number two is, it's time for your faith to speak louder than your feelings. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.